Welcome to Pictures of Grace, a Fraser 365 Advent devotional. My name is Chris Montgomery, senior pastor of Fraser Church, and I'm so glad you're on this Advent journey with us. May the Lord bless you today as we learn about His unmerited grace. Welcome to Day 35 of Pictures of Grace, an Advent devotional reading. Our title today is Your Place in His Grace. I love Philip Yancey's book, What's So Amazing About Grace, and in it he wrote, Grace means there's nothing we can do to make God love us more. And grace means there's nothing we can do to make God love us less. Grace means that God already loves us as much as an infinite God can possibly love. Today's text comes from Matthew 2, 13 through 23. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children, she refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. Three different prophecies are fulfilled in today's text. Matthew 2.15 notes one from Hosea 11. And Matthew 2.18 references another fulfilled prophecy from Jeremiah 31.15. And Matthew 2.23 reveals the fulfillment of Isaiah 11.1. 750 years before Jesus was born, God foretold through Hosea that he would come out of Egypt. Approximately three years before the birth of Christ, Jeremiah said there would be loud weeping coming from Ramah. And 720 years before Jesus was born through a virgin named Mary, God's word predicted he would be a Nazarene. Only God and his sovereignty could put all these details into place through the incarnation of Jesus Christ. God has a unique way of accomplishing his will. He also has an amazing way of clarifying his purpose through his word. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, 6. He came into this world in a very specific way, and He is the only way to the Father. 
He is the truth because everything he says is true or comes true. Christ is the life because not only is he the giver of our next breath, he is also our reason for living. However, it is also interesting that Jesus came a specific way, born of a virgin. His birth fulfills several prophecies of the New Testament because Jesus is the truth. Jesus' incarnation, crucifixion, and resurrection makes it possible for every sinner to be born again. With all of this, one perplexing part surrounding Jesus' birth is Herod's killing of innocent children. Stanley Hauerwas states, Perhaps no event in the gospel more determinatively challenges the sentimental depiction of Christmas than the death of these children. Jesus is born into a world in which children are killed and continue to be killed to protect the power of tyrants. We live in a fallen world full of death and darkness. The wages of our sins lead to death. Thus, death is a direct result of our flesh. But the Spirit brings life. Even in the birth of Jesus, we see the stark contrast between the evil in this world and the goodness of God. God has a purpose for His people. He places His grace over our lives and then allows us the privilege of serving in His master plan. The greatest day of your life is the day you find His saving grace. The next greatest day is when you understand why He saved you and what He calls you to. God wants you to find your place in His grace. There is a story when the famed English architect Sir Christopher Wren was directing the building of St. Paul's Cathedral in London. Some of the workers were interviewed by a journalist who asked them, What are you doing here? The first said, I'm cutting stone for three shillings a day. The second replied, I'm putting 10 hours a day in on this job. The third replied, I'm helping Sir Christopher Wren build the greatest cathedral in Great Britain for the glory of God. It would benefit every believer to answer the same question regarding your purpose in life. What are you doing here? Why did God pour out His grace all over your life? Why has He loved you into His kingdom and blessed you with spiritual gifts and abilities? The answer to each question is, God has a plan for this life He has blessed you with. God created us all with a deep longing in our hearts that can only be fulfilled when we find our place in His plan. I pray that you find daily your place in His grace. When you do, you will know the joy that only our journey with Jesus can provide. And here's some things for us to think about. I want you to notice the following statement from Michael Grigoni's book, Mary, Devoted to God's Plan. It says, Mary probably knew that she could no longer predict God's plan for her and her son. As she felt the first pangs of labor while tucked away in a stable, away from her home, family, and support, Mary understood that she would just have to be content with trusting Him. As you've looked at pictures of grace from the genealogy of Jesus, are you content in trusting Him? If not, how can you learn to trust Him more with the details of your life? Why is it that you can trust Him to forgive all your sins and give you eternal life in heaven, but you have a difficult time accepting His grace in place of your guilt and His blessings in place of your burdens? Spend some time in prayer today trusting His plan for your life while realizing you too are a picture of His grace. Let's pray. Father, 
thank you for your grace, your plans, your faithfulness, and your abiding love modeled so beautifully by Jesus. Help us to walk faithfully as we trust and obey. We love you, Lord. Amen.